Hey y'all, some quick Radio Keys news. We are releasing our album on October 19th to all streaming services, Spotify, etc. with vinyl to follow. And we're throwing an album release show that same night at Dargan's in Santa Barbara, October 19th. Then the following week, we're having our Bay Area album release at Vinny's in Concord on October 26th. Today we have a very special guest and a good friend of mine, Miss Margaret Jones. You can check out her band M. Jones and the Melee, that's M-E-L-E-E, online at margaretjonesmusic.com or at Margaret Jones Music for Instagram. And you can learn more about her and Ariel's concert series that we discuss uh, at subrosasound.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy Margaret Jones. Well, welcome. This is our first uh, first podcast we're doing in Oakland. First podcast at Tom's Engineering. And it's the first podcast where, I mean, I haven't interviewed a guest yet, but where the guest brought like a ton of snacks and wine uh, and homemade food. So that's pretty dope. You can say no to snacks. <laughs> yeah, you just came in with like two bags and you're like, one bag is gear and one's food. And I was like, food? So yeah, uh, you made what? Bacon wrapped jalapeno cheese you could probably explain this better than I can. <laughs> like jalapeno poppers. Cheese, yeah. Ricotta cheese, bacon. Well, it's got like jalapenos. the smoothness of the ricotta and the spiciness. It's it's the, the balancing it out. And the salt the heat, of the bacon. Yes. the heat of the jalapeno. And then there's like the salt and the fat. Exactly. And the, the cheese and the and the bacon. And it just, it all comes it together all, in yeah. a perfect little bite So we inhaled piece. a few of those. We had some... I'm, I want to use the word marinated cheese, but that sounds weird. <laughs> I think that's what it's called, though. It's just marinated cheese. goat cheese. Floating, in, floating is your word in olive oil. <laughs> You're like, it's floating in olive oil. I'm like, it's floating. That's floating. <laughs> well, actually, it sank. It did sink. It yeah. Sank. But it was, it was super spreadable, way. like way. cloudy spreadable. So that was yeah. pretty amazing. So, yeah, right on. Well, and you're fresh off a gig. Fresh off a gig. Yeah. Kind of a special gig, if you want to. Yeah. Tell us about it. A first gig. It was a it was a first gig with the new lineup of my band, and it was also in one of my best friend's backyards. It was a beautiful backyard. Beautiful it was like backyard. behind this like three story, one of those like cool Oakland. Berkeley has a lot of them too, like giant houses with like multiple balconies and like multiple tiers. And yeah, it was a big backyard. Yeah, they've got like a, a, a really awesome like community vibe. Where like their their landlords also live in the house and like everybody on site is very invested in in local music, live music. So they've entirely done the backyard to be a concert venue. Yeah, and, and it, it works really well. It and works really well, and so far the neighbors have been I was okay with say, it. No cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should knock on wood, but it already happened. Yeah, so I feel like happened. we're good. Like it was pretty. It's always the worry with shows like night. that, but on yeah. a Tuesday night. Yeah. I know I got there and I was like, oh, these clothes, these houses are really close together. Like, I, was, I was a little nervous right away. I'm like, we got a full drum kit. We've got some amps here. Yeah, I don't we know. even talked about that when we were deciding like, you know, like what lineup made sense. And like, like we played, it was our first show. So of course we played first, but it was also kind of like, you're going to be the loudest band of the night. So we're going to 
get that out of the way early on. You were on. the last <laughs> band. It was awesome to see the <laughs> opening band be like loud. And you, it wasn't like aggressively like metal fucking loud, but it no, was just like, you know. I had yeah. something to get off my chest. Rock and roll. And did it was in good. a loud way. And then, and then we went into some like acoustic-y stuff that actually fit really well as like the sun was going down. Yeah. Was, there were some really magical moments. Like the other bands that played that night, um, Heather Normandale. Who's, oh, she's amazing. Writes beautiful, beautiful, intricate songs. She did a solo set. Well, no, she, she had um, Faye from um, Animal Prince. Oh, the violinist. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That came out of nowhere. Like I saw um, Heather. Yeah, like with her, she had Taylor, and she was. um, She had my heart right away because she's really big on her right hand, like finger picking shit. Um, which I really admire and like that's how I like want to play acoustic guitar and I'm just watching her like oh yeah it's dope and then out of the darkness comes this violinist like rose up and starts playing violin and I was like oh shit like so it all yeah she yeah. was great and then um, that other guy whose name I met him Graham Patzner Graham yeah, yeah. he was I, mm-hmm. t- the first thing I said to him I'm like you have an incredible singing yeah. voice dude like I don't want to like also you're an amazing guitar player also you're a great songwriter but like just yeah. that's a one in a million voice right there. Like yeah, let's that's... take a second to do some shout outs to like some <laughs> awesome bands. Yeah, dude. So like Graham sings in a band um called Whisker Man. Oh, which, I gotta check them out because I totally fell in love with his voice. Um, yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's they're they're a powerhouse. Been playing in the, the area for a, for a, quite a long time now, and oh, like, okay. definitely worth checking them out. What and is then, he like in a full band? Is that like um, folk? Is it? kind of uh, it's it's kind of like a psych rock kind of thing oh shit um, okay it's, it's pretty intense in like and it's really awesome i saw them play another house show um one of like the legendary houses in oakland called ridgeway house oh, okay um recently came to an end it was one of the like owner move-in kinds of deals that happens oh, all the time yeah around oakland now where you know with rent control and renter protection, like yeah. <laughs> if you want to raise the rent, the only way you can really do it is to kick people out, kick and people move out other under people like in. the. I mean, I'm the sure someone actually. Like let's. Something I'm, else. I'm sure the person who moved in is actually using the house for that, but it, there's always like that sort of like bittersweet thing when something like that comes, comes to, an to an end. end yeah. So it was the big final show, and I saw them play that, and um, yeah, it was it was great. Um, well, his voice reminded me of Alexander Ebert. Like almost mm-hmm. exactly, and he's the lead singer of um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Yeah. And so I could picture, so he could do that kind of acoustic singer songwriter thing. And he said in the middle of his set, he's like, "Sorry, I only want to play sad songs." And we're all like, "No, we're no, into it. Like, we're it's here for the sad good. songs." It was it was one of those rare shows. I really enjoyed it. Where like everyone is sitting. It's very. It's kind of reminds me of. It's very Berkeley, Oakland. Like I don't see this a lot in like the more East East Bay, like Concord. But everyone's just kind of sitting and actually listening, and it's like you can mm-hmm. hear a pin drop during the acoustic sets. Like yeah. that's that's really special. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is special, and you know, it's not. It's not something I'd want for every single show. No, that would get like, really. Side, like, <laughs> get guys, really... <laughs> yeah, you need some fucking rock and roll shows where you're yelling over. I mean, I I've. But it's also nice that the mood can kind of shift. Well, yeah. And like for a backyard show, I feel like that's the right vibe where people Mm -hmm. are listening. But like, for example, I say I talk about this a lot because it it still bothers me. But like we went to a show at the plow a few maybe like a year ago and I was just like chatting completely normal volume, although people say that I'm loud, whatever, with uh, I think with Stuart. And this girl turns around and she just like shushes me so aggressively. And I'm like, we're at a bar. <laughs> She's like, I was like, I get it, but we're at a bar. Like, and, and other people were talking and I was just like this, you know, and it was louder, amplified. So there, no, I agree. Like there's, it's, yeah. it can't be every show that that's 
that type of show. Yeah. Like sometimes people want to drink and dance and have a good time. And sometimes, you know, they want to sit and listen to your lyricism, which we were doing last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like super impressed. There's there's um there's an open mic in town that man- navigates this really well actually. Sorry, Plow? Um it's it's the Mellow Mellow Cava Bar open mic. Wait, in Berkeley? Yeah, on un- University. We used to live like two blocks from you, the Cava Bar. We were there when it opened and we for 2 years we were like we got to go to that Cava Bar. We fucking <laughs> never two blocks away. We like never went. We're like we're like we'll get there one day, you know, we'll make it and then we moved away. <laughs> no, we never went. So is it it's cool? Is it's, it cool? It's cool. I like, I've, I've played it a couple it. times. Um, um, and and it's cool because they have both in the same night because the noise ordinance for that area is like a hard cut. It's pretty strict. It, it's a hard, I think it's a hard 11 p.m. like cut. That's but, rough for a bar. And, and I mean, it was never intended to be a bar in that right. space, which That's I think true. is the problem. Um, and then also the neighbor that lives above the bar is someone who maybe calls in noise complaints more oh, frequently Lord. than, than probably other people might. Too long. Um, <laughs> so there have been, I've been there. I was there once when, when the police actually showed up with a noise complaint to the bar. To the bar. So, I don't think um, I've ever so the way they navigate that. it though, is that at around 10 30, they go completely unplugged. Complete, like completely literally unplugged, unplugged, not like MTV unplugged, not like MTV unplugged. <laughs> completely unplugged, and an announcement's made that like it's time for everybody to be quiet. So they, for the first half, you can talk over whatever's happening, yeah. and it's amplified, and and do they it's have like a, a full normal, drum kit? In there? Um, I've never seen full drums there. Oh, interesting. But okay. um, it's certainly like like there are like hip hop artists that'll bring in their recorded beats and like perform over them and stuff. It gets pretty loud. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, come 1030. Clockwork. Yeah. The Clockwork. bartenders are like, everyone shut Right when everyone's I've getting I've played classical drunk. guitar there. <laughs> Damn. To a receptive audience because when that clock rolls over, everybody's with the program that it's time to be quiet and listen. Oh, that's so and cool it's really and sweet. respectful. Yeah, I love that. It's really that. great. <laughs> I missed Berkeley, man. That's so Berkeley. I love that. Where everyone's just like, yeah, man, whatever you guys want, whatever you want. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of ego. Yeah. I like that. And there's, like, space for everybody to kind of do their artistic thing. Yeah. I've um, peeked in. If you're a loud act, you can be loud. If, you're <laughs> if you want to be quiet, you can be quiet. I know that our old neighbor in Berkeley, Tom will remember this, um, was a painter, and he does these kind of psychedelic illustrations and mm-hmm. paintings. And when they first opened... They found him and he gave them like 20 paintings to put up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were like, you know, every month we'll do a different artist. But then they couldn't either they couldn't find artists or they just I think they just really liked his stuff to fit with their vibe. So they're like, yeah. can we keep you up for like six more months? And he's like, I don't mind, man. Just keep them up. Like he was selling them. <laughs> it's like so. So, yeah. So I yeah. I know that. Yeah, it's it's a cool space. Like the lighting's really like kind mm-hmm. of pinky and they have a yeah. bunch of plants. Yeah. So it's that that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. it, it feels good to be in the space. We'll make it one day. Yeah. <laughs> we we manifested day. it. We put we it out make a there, plan and we'll just we'll go together. Yeah, it's right there. It's, it's not, right there. It's not hard to go. We'll go. Okay, good, good plan. Um, yeah, but how'd you feel about your gig last night? How'd you feel overall? Oh, I mean, for a first show with the new lineup, I think I think it couldn't have gone better. Like I thought so too. I mean, I met. Yeah. So I'm. So I mean, you've been writing these songs. Like, how old are the songs? Would you say? I think the oldest. Of like the things we're playing, um, is about two years old now. Um, okay, so yeah, 
And you've had some different lineups and you've kind of landed on these two guys, your rhythm section now. Yeah. So to be clear, um, you are songwriter, singer, guitar mm-hmm. player. Yes. Yes. Right on. So you found a rhythm section that, that you jive with on both a professional level, music level, and a hang level. We always talk about the hang. Mostly yeah. me. Mostly Alante talks about the hang. He goes, you got to be a good hang. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like the, all the other stuff can kind of like, there's a lot of good musicians out there. You got to be a good hang. It's like that, that triangle, right? There's like the money, the hang, and the music. Ooh, that's a good triangle. And you yeah. have to have two. You have to have at least two. You have to have See? at least two. If you can get all three, that like hold them close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if, as long as two are met. Yeah. So, you know, like, like you know, cover bands that play wedding gigs, maybe it's not your favorite music, but the money's good. Money, yeah. And if they're your buds, it's a good hang. It's a good hang. Yeah. So, um, or if, you know, it's your passion project and you have lots of passionate artists that are willing to work with you yeah. and it's going to be a couple of years before you see a return on that investment financially, yeah. maybe it's still worth it because you're, you're making the art and, and, you know, building those relationships with people that that you like working with. And it's so amazing like to find people that as as somebody who is um a songwriter, you know, it's kind of it feels sometimes like I'm almost like do you guys are you guys still into this? Like <laughs> like are you yeah, like yeah, you guys yeah. are behind this right cuz you really have to find people that believe in your art and that's mm-hmm. that's a big part. And like and not, it's hard when you're the f- the front person and like, right. the songwriter because it is sort of a vulnerable thing where it's very vulnerable you're like here's a song i wrote i hope you guys don't hate it yeah and i hope you'll play it like five times a month for (laughs) a really long time you're gonna get nice and and cozy with yeah and like believe in it and play it live and like to give i mean obviously to give you know all members of the band credit like everyone writes their parts and like you know there's a it's a whole creative thing it's a process with everyone involved but like the yeah it's definitely like hey, here's this song concept I have. And like every time we introduce a new song, like Alante's been in the band for five years. Tom's been in the band for, it's it's um, it's a sore subject, but like kind of 10, five to 10 years. Um, and <laughs> I'm kidding that it's a sore subject. It's not. Um, but he just came in and out a few times. Um, but, you know, we I'm, it's a family. Like we're so comfortable in Radio Keys. And like it's my brother and like it's, it's a very safe space. But I still get a little nervous when we do new songs. I'm like, God, what if they just think it's like kind of lame, you know? Because you always second guess your, yeah. your Especially creations. if you're taking a risk at all with it. Oh, yeah. Like, if it's something kind of weird. If it's something, and that's like the, that's the danger zone where like the cool stuff's actually happening. That's where badass shit happens. Yeah. yeah that's where but, like <laughs> exciting shit happens yeah. when you're just being a little weird. A little like, weird. Playing it safe like... My least favorite songs from bands are like the playing it safe songs where I'm just like, okay, this, you know, sounds like a kind of a basic, you know, structured song. Yeah. It's like, it's a little more fun to, I don't know, take some yeah. risks. No, definitely. Like I've got the ones where it's, where it's kind of like, the, okay, this is like a bread and butter song. It fills the set list. You need that shit though. You need that. We have, but we like, have a lot of I've, I've been, <laughs> We do. I've been working on a couple for the last half a year, God, <laughs> um, that like they're, they're, getting a little more 
like ship in a bottle, like lots of pieces in place. Yeah. And so I was trying to, I was describing it to, to one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. So that we've got measures and like every measure we had a beat and yeah. the, the form stretches and like it gets, it, it, this whole thing happens. And yeah. I'm looking at your face now and <laughs> you I'm worried. Like... You look worried. <laughs> well, and you have, I mean, you're, you're guys that you're playing with now. Um, I mean, they can handle it. But... Well, no, they can. I was going to say they seem like, are they? So they can you... more than handle it. But yeah. Like, like, well, you just from... seeing like the wheels turning of like, what, wait, what are you trying to do? I saw a lot of tempo changes last night. You guys yeah. only played four songs. Like every, yeah. it was a short band set. Played I mean, we had to be sets. done by 10. So yeah. So they started everybody at did seven. A short set. Yeah. Everybody played like four songs, but like you got, you picked some good tunes that like kind of showed a little bit of a, um, yeah. yeah. Trying to do a sampling of what a we sam- Exactly. What and at least, well, at least two of them, I remember noticing some like pretty drastic tempo changes and like, I knew it was you guys' first gig together mm-hmm. and I thought they went really smooth. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, you, I think you've got some, I mean, so Jono's your drummer mm-hmm. and your bass player, Justin. Yeah. Good. I'm, I really shot in the dark there. I was pretty confident cause shout I just met him last Jono night. And Justin and, <laughs> shout to, out. and to Ariel. Yeah, to Ariel for sure for putting on this badass show. Well, she she played success. and playing. Oh, sorry, playing um, violin. And so she's, she's the Warren Ellis to my Nick. It's true. It's true. And um, yeah, she um, she's so cute. I was talking to her afterwards, and I was like, "Dude, you fucking slayed!" And she was like, uh, "She was like, yeah, I was kind of like I couldn't because she had the parts in front of mm-hmm. her, and she was like, I." But she was in the dark. Like I was filming you guys, and yeah. I went to her, and she's like kind of in the dark, and um, and and she was like, I couldn't see anything, so I was winging it. And I was like, dude, if that's winging it, I'd love to see you <laughs> fucking sight reading. Like, holy shit! Yeah, like she can, she can do. I mean, like she makes her living as a classical violinist. Yeah, I heard her and so. her uh, partner is it Lewis. Lewis, yeah. yeah. Um, he was explaining to someone else last night, and I was I was standing nearby, and he was saying, yeah, we're both professional musicians, and I was like. Is that what is that totally what they do? Yeah, that's badass. Yeah. They don't have like a fucking pushing no. paper job. Oh, no. that's like, awesome. And and that's know, in a, they live in Oakland, man. Yeah. That's that's high. I mean, I don't want to speculate, it, but it's it high, can it's be high done. It's, it can be done. It can be done. It it's can good be to done. hear that. Like yeah. it's really good to hear that. Yeah. I mean, Stewart's doing that, and he's he's totally supporting himself and doing great, and like able to be more creative in this whole thing and he talks about it a lot on the podcast it's like you sacrifice a lot of bullshit time when you're doing it like a 40 hour a week gig that by gig i mean a shitty paper pushing job (laughs) um that's like not where your heart lies and a lot of us like it's a lot of us have to do that obviously um especially living in the bay area but it's really inspiring to see people that are pulling it off like it's really inspiring to see that but i'm sure they're working their asses off they're working their asses off and like you have to think outside the box too and kind of like figure out you know, which, which gigs are the ones that, you know, give the most return on the, on the investment. Well, yeah, and- you can't waste your time booking. Cause the thought is, okay, I just have to book as many gigs as possible, but it's like, okay, if you book a gig four months out, that's not paying you much and then you get a better offer. Yeah. You have to kind of yeah. play. But if you book a wedding that a gig that, you know, pays a thousand dollars because it's a wedding gig, yeah, then, you know, that. It's a huge chunk toward exactly. the month. We're we're so. we're playing thousand dollar gigs, and we're still playing like obviously free local gigs, and then we're still playing some gigs where we get offered like 
something like 200 bucks and we're just like is this like at what mm-hmm. point do we start turning shit down yeah and not feeling like divas about it and being like no man we're, we're like we're more we're more than that like maybe we're driving far maybe we're like mm-hmm. maybe it's a three-hour set like we've been we've been low-balled on some stuff and like i think five years ago we would have been like yeah they're paying us fuck like okay like and i think we you know you reach a point where it's just like all right like we we're professionals we show up we can bring a pa like we can you know we we're all professional musicians we've got good tunes we've got like people will enjoy it people will dance it's a good time like you you have to be comfortable with like setting a price on that and it's really awkward and weird and we're stuck i'm still getting comfortable with it i had to write an email today um to to one of the gigs we're trying to book and she asked about rates and then we do this thing where like a venue will ask what's your rate and Stuart did this one time and it worked so well that we just do this from now on. We said, uh, okay, what's your budget? Because it's like, we don't know. It's like when you are interviewing at a job mm-hmm. and they say, how much money do you expect to make? And like, they're in the position of power there. Like you could lowball it or highball it. You have no fucking idea. Yeah. So it's kind of unfair. So like when venues are like, what, what, do, you, what do you guys' rates? It's like, well, what's your budget? Like we asked that at a winery and the winery was like, our budget is, uh, you know, the entertainment's a thousand bucks. And we're like, great. That's exactly what we charge. <laughs> We're like, great, all right, moving on. Like, and it's like we could have asked for two hundred bucks, you know. And it's yeah. like, so I don't know. We're we're trying to figure that out, but I, yeah. I'm I'm still. It's it's like, it's there's, there's probably a price on your spot to, yeah. to, to like the more that you do it, the more you have a sense of what the market is for sure, for sure. And then you know, it is a like little I, all over the place. <laughs> I'm like feeling it out because I'm I'm starting to take on like private students again because I you know I've just finished grad school and I want to talk about that by the way because fucking congratulations thank you (laughs) (laughs) holy shit it's a huge accomplishment thank you it it feels like a non-event but that's kind of how those things go I mean they they build up for so long it's like I mean the way that it works at, at Cal, they actually, they, they give you a lollipop when you finish because what? you basically just walk your paperwork over to the, the office and there's a desk in the hallway. You don't even go into an office. There's a desk in the hallway with like a box in it. Okay. You, you put your dissertation filing paperwork in the box. Oh, that's so anticlimactic. And then someone hands you a lollipop. <laughs> so it's like you went to the doctor's office and you're nine. Yeah. They're like, here's a lollipop. Yeah. You've been doing great. Yeah. For the, how, um... <laughs> What what is your PhD in? I'm embarrassed to ask. What is it, your? It's in it's in music officially. I thought so, on, but I didn't want to like broaden on the the, yeah. the paper. But it's music history as a as an emphasis or a specialization. Yeah. Actually, I I had to I had to resubmit my paperwork because everywhere else in in the known universe the the description of what the degree is is in music history music history right. Um, except to the regents of the University regents. of California, Berkeley. So <laughs> on the official They're paperwork, like, it be just different. says music oh, uh, for okay. reasons. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I naively put music history on everything. And they made me resubmit it. Dude, I put art history on shit. And then Berkeley would correct me and say, you're a major in the history of art. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking semantics that it's mm-hmm. worth. Come on. Like, who cares? Um, but yeah, I remember you doing. Um, so I met you maybe, uh, I'm just guessing, like seven years ago or so. That sounds about right. And um, and I remember in the in the time that I've known you, you've traveled a lot to like london and stuff and mm-hmm. done some researching yeah. and you, you're always like you're like here's just these really old um like music like scores and books. stuff so i kind of had a <laughs> sense some old books. just really old music <laughs> scores and stuff and like going through like old instrumentation mm-hmm. and i mean do you want to talk about it or are you like really over sure, it, yeah, <laughs> okay. talk about it. i'm like it's um, fine if you're over because i mean like it's, it's funny because like my project was basically like the 
I don't know. It's not anti-intellectual, but it's like sort of the anti-establishment like project of the 17th century because it was sort of like everybody wanted a do-it-yourself book then, too. It sounds kind of punk rock. Yeah, it was yeah. like <laughs> the punk rock version of you know 17th century loot music. Aww. Except, except it was, I mean, it was bougier than that because... Because it's books loot. were still really expensive, <laughs> and it was the loot. Like it wasn't a bunch of rebel kids, but like everybody right. wanted to tap into that cultural capital. Yeah. So they were, you know, buying these books, trying to learn how to do the thing that would get them the next rung up the social ladder. Oh, so like, and so I was there, I was looking at those books. Oh, so because I think about because I studied history of art, I think there's some parallels. I don't want to like jump to any conclusions there, but I think there are where like, oh, let's jump to conclusions. Let's, let's do it. Let's jump. Um, but I think, you know, I, I used to think it was so interesting that people, I don't think our society cares enough about, um, creativity nowadays. They don't, they, it's why we get offered really, really shitty pay for gigs. Like mm -hmm. it, it all comes full circle. But back in the day, like if you could do a really, really realistic painting of the King, you were fucking royally. Like you were like high, <laughs> you were Kim Kardashian, dude. Mm -hmm. Like you were the coolest fucking person. Like they were, and you were wealthy and yeah. you like lived on that. And like you went but to the school starving for artist it. thing is a myth. Yeah. And then hundreds of other people would say, Oh, I also want to learn to paint like Caravaggio or whatever. And then they would all go to school and d dedicate their life to it. And they'd be like, by our standards today, you look and be like, God, they're really fucking good. But by those standards, it was like, nah, man, they were like, they were like low tier and music is the same thing. It's like people cared about entertainment. People cared about that thing in a way that like now it's just like, Oh, you have a hobby. Oh, that's so cool. That's cute. You know, back then it was like, I don't know. I, I feel like it was more esteemed or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, culturally, I mean, it's always, f it's always filled the same kinds of spaces, right. but like the, the role it was playing has changed too. I mean, in, in like the 17th century, like the, the goal of music was to be pleasurable like it wasn't a challenge it wasn't to to be original and go against the grain certainly like I, the composers that were that, that we still talk about and some that we probably should be talking about but we don't talk about right they they were people and they they had lots of ideas and they didn't want to be sucked into like mundanity or anything like they, yeah. they did unique creative things but it was in the service of making something that was for a specific event or yeah. was for, um, you know, a specific moment that was bankrolled by a church or by the court or the church, know. especially. Yeah. An art as well. It's like, everything's bankrolled by the church. So it's like, do not piss them off. And then yeah. somebody does a, you know, painting that's or pseudo religious with a prostitute as the um, model. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they literally throw, throw things at the painting. Yeah. And like, um, Bukowski talks about he's like you know now like if people go to the symphony they just applaud at whatever the fuck is happening and he's like back in the day mm -hmm. if some if something controversial happened on stage and like a composer wrote a piece that was a little against the grain people would walk out people would boo people would throw shit at the musicians and it's just like that so that was there's a big pressure on that so yeah. to I mean to go to go against the grain to make like I don't know daring decisions about your compositions was like a scary thing to do and the guys that did it yeah yeah and it's also, I mean, it's not like there aren't, like, it's, it's kind of hard to, like, figure out exactly, like, what the parallels are, or, like, where the, the points of divergence are in yeah. this kind of thing. Because, I mean, you can still point to, like, institutionalized art 
that is filling those kinds of roles in a way that, you know, like the real artists might give an eye roll to. Like corporate yeah, art, the, for example. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I mean the the new courts. Kincaid is the one my dad <laughs> always points out. He's like the fucking cottage paintings with the like really like mm-hmm. bright Crayola colors. He's just yeah. like this is bullshit. But um, this will look nice <laughs> in the lobby. But of, they look great in a hotel room. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they fit a certain purpose. Yeah. And like, but yeah, I love a bit of camp. It's all it's all good, but. But like culturally, like the things that we hold up as like the most important art yeah. are things that push against the status exactly. quo. And like, I think that's not to say that, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that is an important part of what we do as artists in the here and now, but drawing those comparisons with the past is always like kind of bittersweet for me Yeah, because I don't know that I want a court to be bankrolling me. Yeah. It's true. In the way that, I mean, I'd love to have like just chunks of money thrown at me, but if I, if that stifled the creativity (laughs) in a way, way. (laughs) I mean, there there are trade-offs to that. I guess that still could exist in the music industry, but, um, in, in the ways of like, if you were to get some sort of management and you're like a Taylor Swift type and you're mm -hmm. like, I want to write these moody fucking like uh hope sandoval type songs mm-hmm. like and they're like nah taylor you gotta keep doing what you're doing <laughs> like i'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure i know that shit exists like i know that's happening and songs um, written by committee to be yeah to be hits it's amazing how yeah there's like a whole background to, to the hits that you hear that are happening um there's a whole background of that of like people that are writing it and they're shopping it to all these different artists and like it's just it's it's interesting to me yeah um yeah and you know that I'm sure that's it's a lucrative career, but it's not the career that I want. Yeah, well, and, it's that it's that yeah. balance of it's like I it'd be so great to make a living as a musician, but you also don't want to like, you know, sell your soul in any mm-hmm. way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky, and but like the, there are ways to navigate it. But like the the huge sums of money. Yeah get thrown at projects that are safe yeah they're safe they're agreeable they're and yeah i don't know it i mean even in like the art world controversy just sort of started to become the norm anyway Mm -hmm. so like anything that was controversial was still it was like oh well this is art this is what art's about Mm -hmm. this is art blah 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 blah. and like marketplace for fine art is sort of like the weird place (laughs) where strange place and subversiveness yeah pays off yeah Because people are excited about mm -hmm. that and people are excited about owning these controversial paintings and, and, you know, Banksy obviously is one of the most well-known ones. I was going to say rich weirdos. Yeah. I'm excited about it all the time, but I can't buy it. (laughs) I can't buy it either. (laughs) One of my shitty jobs out of college was working at a really corrupt art gallery um, in San Francisco. It was an absolute nightmare and I think I was making $11 an hour in San Francisco, which looking back, I'm like, damn, was that Leo? Anyway, um, and yeah, these these wealthy, you know, socialite type people would come in and they'd be like, you know, who's important right now? What's going on? And also what's blue to match my couch? Like they, they it was a very strange like type of art that they wanted to buy. And I was so grossed out by it. I was just like, ew, this is not, this is not really what I want to support in the world I want to be in. And I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of different ways to be creative. And like, I look at a lot of, I paint as well. And like, I, I, 
I don't know. I I don't. I sometimes I just like see beautiful pomegranates and I want to paint them and I just it's just it's just processing mm-hmm. like it's just creating and doing the thing and it doesn't have to be this yeah. big stage thing. So and sometimes songwriting's fun like that too. You just want to write a fun like song that people can swing dance to. I don't yeah. know. It's it's a <laughs> and then sometimes you're up at four in the morning feeling the full weight of the existential dread that you carry around every day and you every need to get that out fucking day a lot yeah a lot of the songs i write i look back and i'm like it's yeah it's existential dread is a huge it's just like what what am i doing where are we going what's happening i'm this i'm this old and like and if you can make that into a fun song that people want to swing dance to then you've won then you fucking on all won counts. music <laughs> you just won music you've how won does it music. feel congratulations dude yeah there's there's different i don't know i've written some some songs and i'm sure you can relate like I've, I've written songs that are just fun to write uh where you get in the headspace of a character maybe mm-hmm. um and you just kind of write something that's that's interesting and it has a lot of like uh i like alliteration and like rhyming a bunch of different words in the same just having fun with songwriting and then there's songs i write where i have to process like a moment in my life that yeah. was weird or shitty or i wrote one recently and it's just to process this thing that i've been sitting on for a long time and then i tried to play it for someone and i started crying and i was like i've literally never cried singing a song to someone before that Mm -hmm. i wrote but it's because you're processing something with it and so there's i mean there's there's a there's a lot of different ways to do it but yeah do you want to talk about your songwriting process I, i do have one where i was like processing and a character at the same time which is kind of fun so you're processing real life feelings through a a character exactly yeah i mean it was um a a former band of mine had imploded on itself and it was kind of my fault um so um yeah oh takes two or three or four to tango Django's weighing in i know (laughs) he's like it's not your fault yeah that was he was defending you right there there, in fairness there was definitely at least a significant chunk of it that was my fault um though you know it was coming from a place of good intentions i couldn't read the room and things kind of went sideways but um you know processing it and very much feeling like a monster Oh. In that moment, and I was it, just kind of like, I'm going to write a song from the, from the point of view of the monster. Oh, that's awesome. And like, it, it's kind of like, it's one of those explosive, we didn't play it last night, but like, it was one of the ones that just kind of does like this explosive, like tempo change, dynamic change kind of things. And it's just like this creature curled up in a corner and then you poke it and just goes like, ah, yeah. And I mean, we all have that side of it, ourselves. It like it was a good outlet. <laughs> I, it's a great outlet. Cause like feeling embarrassed or like shameful of like the way you reacted or behaved or like some shit you said when you were mad because i i get mm-hmm. i get pretty angry as well i think creative emotional people tend to yeah um because they have a lot of everything you know texts after some heavy drinking and yeah and dude and and, like, and then you and the, all is lost and you just feel <laughs> shitty and that that yeah. that feeling there's nothing like that feeling when you yeah. know that you fucked up like yeah. that's that's a shitty feeling so you got to process that yeah i like that yeah. i like that way of processing it through the just kind of like, monster. you know what, if I, if I am a monster, let's show them teeth for a minute. Yeah. And then, and then we put out. them away again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's all right to be angry. Like, that's a totally, yeah. it's a good emotion. Like, I'm very suspicious of people that bottle that shit up. Like, that's yeah. way scarier. I, I recently, I heard um, another friend of mine, actually on another podcast that I was doing with, with Ariel. Oh, nice. Um, does she have a podcast or someone else is hosting? So well, we're sort of, we're in a transitional period. Um, cause we just started a new concert series as well 
called Sub Rosa Sound. Um, and it's going to be like our, our goal with it is to be able to like build relationships in the community and fundraise so that we can guarantee payment to the artists that play our shows. Dude. Yeah, um, you're doing God's work, basically. Um, you know, yeah, because like, no one else gives a fuck if the art musicians get paid. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it's it's that tricky thing where it's like, you know, the venues want us to succeed, but they can't, they also have to keep the lights on. So, like, we yeah. can just sort of be, like, There's the go-between where, like, you know, we can do, like, Kickstarters and crowdfunding and sort that sort of thing to just kind of, it's like a music, musician bank kind of thing. Um, oh, where like, there's always like the pot of money yeah, and we're going to try to yeah. recoup our losses on it. But like everybody goes home at the end of the night with like a fixed amount. And if we make more than that from ticket sales, like that also goes to the artists. Yeah. But like say the name one more time. Sub Rosa sound. You can Sub find us Rosa on Instagram. Sub Rosa sound. Sub Rosa How new is this? Like how many shows have you guys, um, we, I need some lined up. We've done so. We've done one that was Ariel's um, album release a couple weeks ago, and we actually have one coming up on Sunday. Oh yeah, Sunday night. You said it was like a speakeasy type of situation. Yeah. So it's at this. It's at a, a small performing arts venue in downtown Oakland called Beauty Supply. Um, if you go to our website, you can find the flyer. So like, it's it's a secret show kind of thing. Open Aww, secret show. I love it. Um, it and, you know, anyone can come to it. You don't have to like know a guy who knows a guy. Or know the but password. But we're trying to. Yeah, <laughs> no. You know, there's no password. <laughs> there's speakeasy but, um, Good. You know, good. we're trying to balance like sort of like these secret secret shows with our more public big shows. Um, and the idea is that if you come to the public big shows, you can pick up the flyer for the next show and find out like the address of the secret show, which might be a house show or it might be at a smaller venue like beauty supply. And so we're trying to build community yeah. offline. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of more house shows cause we, we played one recently and then I just went to yours last night mm -hmm. or Ariel's last night uh, that you played. And I, What's fun about it is it's like I didn't spend any money. I didn't have to fucking pay a thing at the door. I didn't have to buy drinks. I didn't like like I brought beer. Yeah. And like I like it was it was more community and like people brought food and we all mm -hmm. had like a good time of it. But it's not like it's not yeah. like a night out at the bar where you spend 60 bucks to see yeah. a friend's band, which is awesome. But like, yeah. you know, it's like almost cutting out the middleman a little bit. And there's there's obviously like a lot of um uh, red tape and stuff that, that can't be done um, with backyard shows because of noise ordinance, because yeah. of that kind of thing. So, so not to say we're getting rid of venues. I'm not trying to be like a full like let's 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 get rid of that. Like, we need both. <laughs> we need we need, we need them for both. a lot. But like it's it's fun to see more variation. Yeah. is what I'm saying. Like and just sometimes more... you want to sit in your friend's backyard yeah. and you know just like chill out and listen to music. And sometimes you want to go dance your ass off at a loud, at ass, a loud bar. ass bar where you can get any type of alcohol yeah. you desire and have someone else make it for you <laughs> and have someone else mix that shit yeah no it's pretty great yeah. it's a luxury really it's yeah. beautiful but yeah so there's there's different there's different avenues and but it's just like it's, different kinds of community making yeah, and community building that, and that happen at those different kinds of shows too like i mean like i talk to people way more at house shows i do too because it feels like a it feels like a family party yeah like it feels like a you know like a like a barbecue or something where you do want to, it, it is less like, I feel like when you walk into a public place, like a bar, it's like people are doing their own thing. Yeah. And I'm not just going to walk and be like, hi, I'm Emily. Like I was doing yeah. that a lot last night. Yeah. Cause I came alone too. So when you guys were playing, I was like, all right, I have to socialize, which is always a nightmare, <laughs> but like, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm like talking to people. Um, and everyone was a musician and I don't know. It's also the, the, 
it's seeing musicians kind of take it into their own hands too. It's like, we don't mm. need a promoter. We don't need it. We can just also yeah. just put it together in a backyard and, yeah. and make it happen and, and have it be a big love mm-hmm. fest like it was last night. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was a good special feeling about in the air about, about the show last night. It was, I went home pretty inspired vibes. and I don't always feel that way after shows, but mm-hmm. yeah, I saw some real, 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 talent from every every group that played and just a lot of heart and it it just yeah it wasn't yeah. i don't know it was just very intimate and, and kind of cool and yeah everyone i met was really nice and uh there was a cat there was a cat it was good the cat's name is layla yeah you <laughs> they said she or he shout out she, to layla she she, she ran by a sweetheart of course it's a she she ran by and uh and someone said oh it's layla and then you had your guitar and you were like, <laughs> incidentally, the song that made me want to learn guitar. Really? Yeah. Okay. I want to, this is a good transition. I wanted to ask you, cause like we were hanging out one time and you said something like, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was five and yeah. that kind of shocked me. So you have to tell me your, okay. your story. So I don't know what the five-year-old thing was about. <laughs> I just kind of had this idea that like I wanted a guitar cause it looked cool. Um, and the first, the first song that they do I ever, look cool. they do look cool. Um, the Layla thing didn't happen for another couple of years, but like, I had this guitar and I didn't know what to do with it. And I like learned how to play like a couple cowboy chords. And then like I, my, the first song so I ever. So satisfying when you learn like yeah. DGE, you're just like, fuck, yeah. I can do everything. The first one I learned was C major. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. It's C. like sort of an in between. It's not one, major, dude. but it's like it's harder hard. than E major. I don't I know why fuck I was around. C major. I still fuck up F dude. F is my, I'm just like, damn, really? After all yeah, this time? Yeah, you gotta find that, that sweet spot. <laughs> that like, sweet spot. And so, sometimes I still get some buzzy notes and in, in like the barred chords and like, you're better than this. Don't do that. But so how did you get anyway. your first guitar? Like oh, how- Santa. Oh, Santa? Santa. He's pretty great. Santa's pretty great. <laughs> he knew, man. He knew exactly what you wanted. So do you come from a, yeah. like, a musical household? Like, or... uh, My mom played guitar. Um, That's badass. My dad played kazoo. That is badass. We were talking about kazoo yeah. last night. Yeah. The kazoo. Uh, oh, yeah. We had well, a cool band our, name for our, you guys, and I forget what it was. Was it the casual kazoos? I think that was it. Yeah. yeah Fishy like, Fish and the casual kazoos. It's a pretty great name. I don't know. <laughs> like, pretty, I mean, we might have great. to rebrand. So you're, is that, did they meet as musicians or are they just ironically? No, no. Um, they, they, they met as many people do as a part at a, at a party. Oh, I met Tom at a party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my mom played guitar, and then neither of them were serious musicians, like as a career path. Um, but I, there were instruments in the house and. I was like, that's that, a, I want that. That's a great <laughs> environment to grow up in, though, yeah. you know? It's, like, where it's just available, where you just see it, like, it's just available. I just, I, I don't know. Even mm-hmm. if people aren't musicians, I'm like, just get yeah. a piano, fuck yeah, it. Like, make, let, let there be something that makes noise somewhere let there be in the something. house. Let them bang on some pots and pans. Like, yeah. our mom used to let us do that. And I was like, oh, you know. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big mm. proponent of, like, and I think kids, I think children, they're so raw and honest that, like, they're going to be attracted to the mus- to the musical instrument that, like, they're genuinely interested in so like if you have a lot of options in the house yeah and they go for one like drums or piano or a guitar i mean guitar is pretty sexy though something that makes a fair amount of noise too like i think there's actually something really valuable to be learned about like how how to what it is to take up sonic space yeah like not that you need to do it all the time it it feels so good like lots of 
I, I've known lots of people who have been very reserved and quiet and become transformed by playing music, by playing music. And you meet them in, in quote unquote real life and they're very soft spoken, oh, sort totally. of shy and yeah. timid. And then they get on stage and they are a completely different person. And it's like learning how to be in that, that bold, yeah, you know, empowered place of performing and communicating that way yeah is, I mean, is something some really just, valuable like everybody needs yeah. to like bang on some drums for for a minute and everybody needs to like go to like a secluded beach and scream at the ocean for a minute oh, like yeah. you need to find the limits of your voice dude soul screaming in your car yeah, That's yeah. What Stu and i was yeah. it's like practice because stewart's been getting really good at soul screaming lately he does it on the album a little bit like oh, wow like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I was like I complimented him I was like damn your soul screen sounds good he's like I've been practicing a lot and I'm like where like where do you practice? anyway it's yeah you gotta practice that stuff and mm-hmm. it, it feels good like even if you don't think you're a singer like just fucking scream in your car a little bit just do a little James Brown screaming in your car like yeah. It, it but yeah I do I know exactly what you mean about like meeting people and getting this kind of vibe of their personality and maybe they're a little shy they're a little and then they get on stage and they just fucking turn on it's like they come to life and it's so fucking cool to see that and they've found what's amazing to me is i look at that and i'm like oh my god you found your avenue of communicating with the mm-hmm. world on on a literal stage but like on a stage of some sort like for some people it's visual painting for some people it's poetry for some people it's whatever but it's like they found their thing and i'm just always like yeah but yeah and they and they i don't know they open up and that's the most vulnerable thing. One of the most yeah. vulnerable things I think you can do is like get on a stage and sing. First of all, singing is very fucking ugh, intimate and weird. Mm-hmm. And then you're also singing songs you wrote and you're, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And there's like a clarity to being on stage too, though, I think. Yeah. That, you know, in, in casual conversation, um, the ways that you present yourself to the world are so multi-leveled and complex and variable and depending on who you're talking to, you might be like code switching or like at least like, you know, trying very hard to read the person that you're talking to and like being very insecure about the facial expressions they're making as you're talking to them. And like all this input's very overwhelming. It's a lot of information and, and it, and it changes your reaction for sure. Like if people are being passive aggressive or something's going on. Yeah. It's, it's on stage. Even if you're connecting with people as you should be like, yeah, it's, it's a different dynamic. You're and doing your thing no matter what. It's yeah, going to be the like, same. <laughs> the minute you step, like it, it, it's it's in part like acting a character, yeah. even if the character is just a version of yourself. Yeah. But it's you know there's a clarity to it of like this is who I am when I'm up here that you don't get in real life. Yeah. That's like kind of freeing in a way. It's really it feels really nice freeing and it's really raw. And the noise really helps. Like, if I think you were just standing up there doing, like, beat poetry, like, it'd be a lot... It'd feel feel different, but to have this, like... I mean, usually, like, with songwriting, it's like your... The music is also supporting the feel and the mood of the music is supporting your message. So it's it's almost like this kind of... um, Kind of big, extravagant way of doing this message that makes it feel supported i don't know it's less raw it's a little like cushioned in a way yeah does that make sense (laughs) the noise helps is what i'm saying like it helps like i i feel better about singing and saying these really like hard on my sleeves things because i have 
this rhythm behind me and I have these sort of, I don't know, the sound, the wall of sound is like kind of like pushing and supporting your message in a way. And and a lot of times I've been talking to people who like study opera and like there's this conversation about like whether the orchestra is fighting or supporting the singer. Oh, that's great. So like there, you know, depending on, you know, what the situation is, like either the music's going to kind of carry that rawness and like cushion it and like help to push it out exactly or you're like Support fighting it. against the tide and that's also really interesting that's also really interesting yeah yeah yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah i, yeah. I so, like it like music like the, the music that's supporting whatever the text is that you're projecting out yeah. there is it's a fun you know, it's another character yeah it is and it's just i don't know it's a fun combination it's like I, I, I talked about it. I've talked about it before on this podcast. So sorry if that's boring. But I've, I started in high school. I went through like a poetry phase where I was trying to write probably pretty bad poetry looking back. Um, but I really, I, I want. I was interested in words and I was interested in that. And then when songwriting became an option and I got to, you know, start doing that, I was like, oh, this is this is the way I want to do it. Like this is the way that it makes sense to me. But it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do first when you write a song? Do you? do the music do you do the lyrics do you kind of do both because like you're you're really sophisticated player so like i know that when i write it's usually it's not guitar comes i have to kind of figure out the guitar second but like do you have riffs and then you go for that like what's your or is it just a mix it's it's a mix it changes between the words and the the music but there's always like there's always I wouldn't call it a hook, but there's always like the moment that I'm trying to like work oh, yeah. into everything else, whether, whether that's a riff that I'm like, Oh, this is the cool thing that needs to happen at the bridge yeah, or, um, you know, this is the, the best rhyming couplet I've ever written and it needs a place of, of pride. Yeah. It needs a good <laughs> and, spot. So maybe yeah, it's so exactly. like, I'm going to write the rest of the song around We have to get to this around thing. This idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I or, tend to write choruses. I mean, last. with like hang, <laughs> yeah. with Hangover song, I was reading Othello and I got like part of one of Othello's monologues stuck in my head, and so like that's in there. Do you remember the what's the part? Um, it, it's when he he's talking about his love for Desdemona, yeah, and like when he's talking to the patricians in the first the first act. So this is and before like, it gets really fucked up and re- tragic. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> before this, everyone this dies. Is, like, <laughs> Well, it, it's it's cool early on. It's like it's sort of it's. It, I mean, it's foreshadowing everything that is to come. But like yeah. he's you know talking about how he like it wasn't witchcraft. He wooed her with his his stories and with his language and with his words. Um, but like part of it is like talking about their relationship. And he says, "Tis strange, tis passing strange," which is tis like Shakespearean strange. for just kind of like it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it kind of weird? <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. So I was like, "Oh, that's that's good. I'm gonna keep that." So tis like, um, you know, I try I turn it into like Hangover song, which. Is, you know, is that the third song you played last yeah, night? That was my favorite. Really song. Liked, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so like the the final verse of that. I mean, like the whole song. I actually I wrote it after a friend's birthday party where it was like the moment of clarity where I realized I had to not be in public anymore because I had the magic refilling glass of whiskey. Oh God, yeah. Um, I love that moment where you're like, I need to go home. I, I, just, I need to be. <laughs> I need home to get now. an Uber. <laughs> I need to yeah. be in my bed right and now. Thankfully, like that happened and nothing embarrassing happened, but like there was that moment of clarity, but you know, the, the night was hazy and I was waiting to hear back 
was waiting for everybody else to wake up to make sure I hadn't made an ass of myself. Oh yeah, that's a good, that's um, a good moment. Yeah. So, I, so I was writing the song, but again, it that into, feeling of shame where you're just like, ah, I, was like was I, I, an I don't think I did anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I wrote the song that morning, and um, but it was sort of framed as um, like a fight between like post post evening like that. A fight um, with with someone a significant else or with yourself? other, yeah, oh. with, a, with a significant other, um, nice. an imaginary significant other in the moment. Um, but oh, yeah, again, you know, so you're based on real... previous significant others, um, they're all wrapped into one. All, in my yeah, songs. It's, not, it's not autobiographical. <laughs> Don't look for anybody in the song. Yeah, it's not you like, specifically. It's a couple yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's maybe somebody that pissed me off in you know middle school. There's a yeah, lot. There's, there's a lot of emotion in there. It's in there. It's in there. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that that surfaces at the end where it's sort of like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, the lyrics in that chorus weird, are really good, and I don't remember what they are, but they're really good. Do you want to say them, or is it weird? Um, What's your chorus? It's uh, if you got the premonition, you can change my mind. Give it your best shot, kid. Do it all the time. If you want to cast us both into some god awful perdition, you'll never hear me intoning that apocalypse anthem. That's dope, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I like, um, I'm a big fan of like, I, I don't want, how do I say this in a cooler way? Um, rhyming longer words, mm-hmm. perdition, superstition, yeah. da, 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 yeah. like that, those are really fun. It's not just blue and you and, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's fun yeah. to do. I try to do that with stumbling. It's like mumbling. I mean, those are pretty, pretty and, easy ones, but like, yeah. And, and it's, it, it sounds, it sounds good when you say it now and it sounds good in the song it's not mm-hmm. too like um uh, who's the who's the emo band i always shit on dashboard confessional <laughs> where it just sounds like they're trying to like mash a bunch of like 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 poetry into a song that doesn't quite fit mm-hmm. like it, it it works within the song and that's like the balance you have to find is like how do i say this in a way that's that's encompassing and beautiful but also fits in the rhythm of a song it's not it's 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 a it's a balance. I don't know. Yeah, I heard it said once, and I, I couldn't tell you who said it to me. But like, good poetry makes for bad lyrics. Yeah, dude, I've I've, <laughs> I've started. I've, if I ever like, try poem, don't set it to music. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Man. It doesn't it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, there's there's poems are meant to be poems and songs are meant to be songs, and like it's it's yeah it's and if you if you just read song lyrics unless they're maybe like bob dylan or dashboard confessional they're gonna they're gonna read a little awkward because it's meant to be sung and it's meant Mm -hmm. to be with music and yeah yeah and like there are these like moments in that kind of like sonic universe of songwriting where like you know like like the heart beating like a drum is such a cliche but if the drums come in yeah on drum it's fun like, oh we're we're cooking now but like yeah it, it's like so many different elements going into the way that like the words play out yeah that you do need like a kind of simplicity in a lot of songwriting situations that in poetry unless you're a true wordsmith would yeah. kind of fall flat yeah exactly so, yeah yeah and it's fun to il- we talk about this a lot, but trying to illustrate lyrics with with sound, like with a drum, heartbeat mm-hmm. like a drum, or like a Rocky Raccoon with yeah. the gunshot, yeah. pop, you know, yeah. with the snare. Um, yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah. But <laughs> how long have you been writing? Because you've been playing guitar. How long have you been playing guitar? And like, when did you start writing songs? Um, probably. Well, so I got first guitar when I was five. Um, <laughs> wrote my first song when I was like five and a half. Which oh my was, God, really? It was called Thunder and Lightning. You can imagine how it goes. It sounds- the low <laughs> strings on the guitar were the thunder. <laughs> the high strings on the guitar were the lightning. And that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. Were there lyrics? Were you like... Thunder, I'm doing a five-year-old yeah, it was voice. Like, thunder. And lightning. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thunder's low. Sorry. Thunder's thunder. low. Lightning's high. <laughs> that is the Please sonic tell universe me I created. And we're Please tell roll me there's it. a recording of this somewhere. I wish it was the, it was the '90s, so we didn't have that like <laughs> set up and ready to go. And you I started. Should, maybe I'll do like a retrospective. Please do. <laughs> But you you started on acoustic and then went to electric, yeah, like I most got, of us, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the electric thing was, um, I was 10, and it was New Year's Eve, and my parents put on Layla. Because that's a Christmas song. <laughs> it was New Year's Eve. It was a party. It was New Year's Eve. Dude, I'm into yeah. it. <laughs> and I Sorry, was New Year's Eve. I was New hearing Eve. Christmas Eve. I was, so I was thinking like, about you getting your guitar. And, like, I had the moment, like, 10-year-old me was just like, what is that? Yeah. How do I do that? How do I make that noise out of this? Because you'd already been playing guitar. You knew mm-hmm. how, you knew what yeah, noises I mean, you were capable of, but you didn't know you, that that was... Yeah. And, like, I'd listened to the Beatles yeah. by then, and I was playing, like, the cowboy chord versions of their songs and like I knew they were good songs but like there was something electrifying about that solo just like oh it can be like that yeah um I, I, like yeah. I had a couple moments like that along the way where I was just like oh it can be like that yeah um and so you know that that was one of them um got lost in the weeds a bit during middle school during a new metal phase that we won't talk about Oh man, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you had a metal phase. Though. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip that. <laughs> we'll skip. Cool. We'll skip ahead. Hey, you know, uh, you, you learn how to play different types of music. I feel like it, in the long run, it makes you a better yeah. player. It's like you you have Tamberly. that in your yeah. Tamberly, I'm still here for it. Yeah. Who was your band? What what? Was... I'm not. I'm not gonna say. Oh man, I really want to know. Say. All right, you can tell me later. <laughs> But the internet will never know. The internet will never know. The good, good, will good. will never know. <laughs> so in the future, they can't, yeah, bomb you for it. It's good. It's yeah. safe. It's good. I like it. Um, but then you came back. You saw the light again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were well, like, I, oh, no. I got lost in the weeds. Well, no, I didn't get lost in the weeds. I still like playing classical guitar a lot. Dude, we, we all listen to, to shitty that. music yeah. when like, we were young, yeah. though. Like, that, everyone went through a really bad stage. We're to, all allowed to that in like seventh grade well, you like, also want to rebel you want to rebel against what your yeah. parents listen to because what your parents listen to is amazing like like that era of music yeah. is pretty great for rock and roll and a lot of different like, uh, the best but, part of that is like you don't have to like reject that it's just sort of like but this is what i do but also i was really into death cab for cutie that was my shit i was like yeah. also i really love death cab for cutie <laughs> and i look back and i'm like wow well, i mean they're 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 great they're really great but but yeah you you, you have to find your own generation's music too yeah and like yeah. luckily our generation now is having stuff like the black keys and really yeah. really great music that's yeah. coming out but it's yeah. like everybody who listened to those albums growing up like sort of coming full circle yeah and and be like oh yeah that the, there's something there 
Yeah. And there's more to say. It's, it's more why to say there. I was, tr- <laughs> I was trying to explain to uh, my father-in-law that vinyls were coming back. Because we're talking about our record that's coming mm-hmm. out. And I'm like, yeah, we're just going to order vinyls. And, he's, and he, kinda, he, he didn't think it was like a waste of time. And he was just like, why? Like kind of confused. Mm-hmm. He's like, no one's, no one's buying those anymore. And I'm like, nah, trust me. Like my generation yeah. has figured out that that's kind of the best way to listen to a record. Like, it, I mean, well, it's who, also it's who like has the physical curation of like what you act. Because you, you can have a finite number yeah, a vinyl records. So like buying a vinyl record is like really like making a statement about who you are. Yeah, and what you what you value. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know. I think it's an I investment think, in the band. Yeah, and I think our I don't know about I won't speak for our whole generation, but like when I was younger like I just discovered like oh you can buy so like we this was in the Napster phase where it's like we didn't really have Spotify yet so we had to buy a lot of music mm-hmm. so you had to buy CDs yeah. you had to buy stuff and I just remember going to Half Price Books and being like dude albums are a dollar mm-hmm. like fuck like my parents have a record player like this is a way easier way to like grab a bunch of music and like try yeah. a bunch of shit like I'd buy records I'd look at them and I'd just be like I don't know who this is like but this might be good and like that's how I discovered some cool little jazz singers it's like this is a dollar. Fuck it. If I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> I'll never listen to it again, but it's a, it was dollar, a dollar, dude. And it's just like, fine. Like, so I feel like, and now obviously like now, you know, when like someone like Lana Del Rey, like presses a new record, it's going to be 30 bucks. So that's, it's, but it's, yeah. it's still like, I feel like, I don't know. Our generation's coming back. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's yeah. good. It's a yeah. good time. I like our generation, man. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it gets trash talked a lot, but a there's, lot. there's some, <laughs> We're to be hopeful about, I think. Yeah. There's a lot and of it's things. It's good yeah. not to not to lose sight of that. Not to yeah. lose not to lose hope. I like the next generation too. The the youngins now they're yeah. like fighting for climate oh, change yeah. and like gun control and shit and they're like 12 i'm just like i like this generation too man and they're mm-hmm. all very inclusive with mm-hmm. everything with their instagrams and i don't know i'm yeah. i have a i have a very bright view of the future i think yeah, yeah. i mean We've got our work cut out for us, for sure. Yeah. But um, as long as that stays in the picture, like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. It's, it's going to be, be fine. okay. Lots going on right now. Don't want to talk politics because yeah. that's really boring. It yeah. changes every day. That's not, that's not a topic for this podcast. <laughs> no, it's never fun. We want to talk about we're rock gonna, and roll. We're going to keep it optimistic. <laughs> we're like, going to keep it optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I am, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling positive yeah. and all that. Um. But yeah, so sorry. So you heard Layla. Heard Layla. Decided guitar was it. Um, went to college for classical guitar because it's hard to go to college for other kinds of guitar. Yeah. You're like, I just want to I just want to rip solos. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for Ingve. I guess it can work for me. Yeah. I mean, I one day, dude, one day yeah. we'll we'll open we'll broaden that range, I feel yeah. like. But well, it's broadening. I mean, even cool. even then, I mean, like we the the jazz two ensemble at my school was a Zappa tribute band called Aww. Penguins in Bondage. Aw. It was it. wonderful. <laughs> Like mine, and yeah. I like that. Shout, shout out to John Anthony, <laughs> who was the the guitar uh, grad student at the time, who put it together. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need. I, yeah, it's it's well when young people go into higher education, like we talked about it earlier. There's just like a lot of dinosaurs in higher education. Um, but I feel like the students, especially like maybe in like a PhD program, it's like yeah. they can bring a little life into things where it's yeah. like this needs a little this needs a little like retuning and a little like modern something. Yeah, and it's, it's not to say that like older generations aren't into 
into the kinds of stuff that like younger people are pushing for, but it's just like more normalized for, for classical for, for younger. Be. Well, no, it's just younger, like for younger academics, younger yeah. musicians to just cross like genre boundaries and things yeah. and, and not have it be stigmatized or have it be a weird thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, some some members of, like, the old guard would just tell you, like, you're throwing your career away if you waste your time on this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. And, like, younger generations of musicians, scholars, whoever will say, yeah, of course, why, if you're interested in it, why not? Like, yeah. is, is it lucrative? Like, can you, can you make something of it? And then, yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be typecast. Did you feel a lot of support during your time working on your phd did you feel like uh i mean i'm sure you had a million different it's it's complicated experiences because it's it was... complicated <laughs> how, how long did it take you it was maybe uh it took me took me eight years yeah i mean i think that's finish. that's typical right yeah it's a little longer than than some people i've known have taken and it's also shorter than other people i've known yeah so it's your own speed yeah, is my understanding. Yeah, it's, it's in, it's in the middle. It sort of maxed out the time that the university thought was normal, but, um, it, it got done. Yeah. It got done, dude. Congrats. It's done. <laughs> the most important thing. It got <laughs> it done. It got done. And you turned in your dissertation like what, like two months ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fresh. Really fresh. Does it feel good? Do you feel, do you feel relieved? Do you feel, I feel relieved more, yeah. more than anything else. It's relieved because it was coming up on the deadlines. Then the question was, was like, is this going to happen or is it all for nothing? Yeah. Oh, it can't have been all so, for nothing. No, yeah, it's no. Like, I mean, there, there were ways around it, but the longer it took, the more complicated and just icky yeah. the paperwork got. So it, it was time to be done. And there were lots of logistical problems of getting it filed and done. And Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. My, my research was on the away. other side of the world. Half the people that were to weigh in on it. We're on the other side of the world. Yeah. And I was just in Berkeley, just, you know, chugging away at it, hoping something stuck. Um, and finally, you know, eventually just declare it done. Yeah. Just call it done. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, save the rest of it for the book. I was going to say, you're probably going to write a book, right? Why not? Fuck One it. Day. You did so much research. <laughs> it's like, you've probably written yeah. like, how long is your dissertation? How long is a dissertation? I I don't know. How long is it? It's probably about. It's a it's a book. Right? It was about a hundred and sixty pages all told. By the time that's, it was done, that's not a novella. That's a novel, that's man. A, that's yeah, like a yeah. real. No, it's a it's a chunk. That's a huge accomplishment. It's a chunk of scholarship, dude. It's a right huge there. Huge accomplishment. And in the midst of all this, you're also what I always thought was cool is like when I met you and when I met. So I went to the way we met is I went to Berkeley and I lived in a house um, with a bunch of Berkeley affiliated people and non Berkeley affiliated people that just were like living and, 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 you know, researching whatever they were doing or working. And I met Francois in that house. He was my roommate. And then Francois met Giselle and now they are married with a child and, and living the happy family life. And, but when they were first started dating, you were living with Giselle. Yes. So our roommates were dating basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I met, Giselle and you and started to meet that group I felt like I was finally meeting like part like I'd I'd come from like the Concord music scene and I kind of knew the East East Bay like the over the hill mm -hmm. East Bay con like music scene but like the Oakland Berkeley I didn't really know and this is sort of a special sect of that where it's academic 
academic driven is that okay to say like it's mostly people in the music program but there are also Mm -hmm. people that are like playing Mm -hmm. out out in the out in the world some of us still do get out (laughs) you just gotta get out and start playing stop playing the classical guitar and go and play some fucking electric guitar Mm -hmm. and so it's cool to kind of see that transition like between people that are like i don't know doing kind of take took the academic route and then they're also blending into the local music scene and i don't know and playing completely different music in a lot of I mean, the return to the electric guitar was sort of my protest, like rebellion against. Did you like have a, did you have like a big gap or where um, you were like, well, I mean, you were doing, you were studying classical. Yeah, so was that kind of like just your main thing? That was my main thing. Um, it was like the, the weird, like mind trip you go on when you go to college, like lots of people were still playing in bands and everything. But for me, it was just kind of like. I play classical guitar now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hang up the other one. And, you know, that's a hobby now. Well, you, I mean, and it's, it's, I'm assuming you're performing a lot with it within your department. So yeah. when you want to play guitar, you probably feel like you have to play classical guitar. Yeah. It was sort of, it was, I mean, it's, it's that weird thing where like when you become a professional musician, you need to find new hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and because that's your that's your nine to five almost it's like shit now now i need something that's a break from this yeah yeah like a mental break and yeah so it, it kind of for a while it kind of stopped feeling good to go back to like playing electric guitar after a day in the practice room with the classical guitar um so i'd you know knit sweaters did you really i didn't knit sweaters and it's it's scarves i was never that, no, was never that good uh, just rectangles well, rectangles else, that could be any size I was my it. my thing something else to just um, physically do yeah, and create. yeah it's just yeah. something to do with your hands yeah um but then i you know i got to grad school which was sort of like transitioning back like all of a sudden the guitar was a hobby again i was like well maybe i can do this again and then it stuck yeah <laughs> nice yeah, and I mean, you've but it was been... also like there was like a lot of quiet time in grad school where you're just sitting and reading in a library, and it's like the stifling quiet. And you're like, I need to sitting make some next to a bunch of very noise. stressed out people, also oh reading God. silently, Such stressed out people, and like you're just screaming internally a bit. Um, and then to be able to go and scream out loud, yeah, it was very, it was very therapeutic. I hope they all find their. Yeah, yeah this is what their, I'm saying. Like, you need to, you need you to need go find outlet, your secluded dude. beach and scream at the ocean. I recommend yeah. it for the kids at home. Yeah, I or, mean, go go when there's when no one else is going to be there, so they don't think you're a weirdo. But um, or fuck it, or you know? fuck it, just. There's go. a lot of just movies go. where people scream at the ocean. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, like people thing. get it. People yeah. know you're going through it. Do it like cool. the movies. Yeah. No, there's a lot. There's a lot of. I I remember that about about schools. There's just a lot of stressful energy all the time when mm-hmm. you're in that space. And and to get outside of that and be like, whew, breath of fresh air. Yeah. Now I'm in a dark bar in San Francisco where people are yelling and my guitar is really loud. And it's like this is the mm-hmm. opposite. And it's a really yeah. great, really great feeling. Like the mystique of the double life too, because the. I feel like most people that I knew in academia would be supportive of it, but there are like a couple that, that wouldn't. Yeah. And like, so Even like you're are, not my real dad. These are, <laughs> these are mu- I'm sorry. These are music students that are like, a, what are they against? Are they just like, well, it's just like, you're supposed to grow up at some point. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like, I, mean, I didn't take that. No, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> didn't take that to heart, but there was some like, Oh, like a rebellion mystique about, you know, well, playing Pushing rock and roll, I mean, because a lot of these people, I mean... No, most everybody was cool with it. That's but. cool. But I assume some of these people want a career 
in something like the symphony or so playing rock and roll in bars might be a little i don't know it's a different it's a different different world and and like explaining what the important things about it are well it takes some finesse yeah to like step between the different worlds. It's I think. also I don't know. It's also like, in a lot of, people of ways to get it, but oh yeah, I just feel like it's easier for I don't know how to say this. It's easier for people to find that type of music because a, a certain type of audience attends the symphony, and mm-hmm. it's a certain it's it's a little bit class. It's a little bit having to do with money and that kind of thing. And it's like when you're just when you're able to play your music in public spaces that a lot of different people go i think that's really interesting as well yeah you know i I mean i think there are lots of people like moving in like the symphony world that wish it were more porous yeah um and there i mean it's tricky it's hard to figure out exactly why it is but like some of it is just you know it's expensive to it's really expensive to do that kind of music and so you you need you need donors. Oh yeah. Um, oh, from that. Yeah. Yeah. Y- like, I mean, you need donors who can bankroll things and, yeah. you know, more power to them, but their taste will ru- rule what happens. Yeah. And, um, and then on the other hand, like, like how do you democratize that? Yeah. How do you, how do you get more, more people in the, that wouldn't normally go yeah. to be interested? How do you in, open that up to, to the people that don't know that it's available yeah. to them. Because there's, there's a long legacy. Like, I think probably very few people actually going to the symphony now want it to be perceived as like the snooty upper crust thing no, that, no, it's, that people I, that yeah. don't go to the symphony might think it is. Um, but it's really hard to get on out from under that. Cause there's such a legacy of it being built up and it was like a self-protective thing for a lot of it, it was justifying why all this money should be going yeah. to bankroll um, the the kinds of art that are being made, and you know, I get why people did it, but now we're sort of in this catch twenty two, where there's like a lot of cool art happening. Yeah, it costs money to do it. The only way that we can fundraise for it is by explaining the prestige. Yeah, of the explaining project. Explaining why lowbrow is really highbrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, trans- yeah, and like so- words like subversive and like oh, transgressing no. boundaries come up. And, you know, like it, it's and like it's sort of like the fine art world, too. Like, oh, like the ways that yeah. you get people with deep pockets excited about things um, is is different than the way that you get someone who's willing to spend 10, 15, 20 dollars on a show. Yeah. To come to the show. And, you know. I don't know if it's like a question of figuring out how to code switch in like advertising <laughs> or if it's like a question of like figuring out, you know, what other venues these things should happen in. But, you know, well, like the, we're to, 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 earlier, reach, spaces, to reach outside of the sphere, it's, it, you know, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting to think about the parallel of like, people buying tickets to the symphony it's just like somebody buying a ten dollar ticket to your rock and roll show at a shitty bar in sf you know it's like it's not the if you think about it from like a sort of postmodern view of like everything's on the same playing field it's like it's it's not really different you're just you're just like painting this thing as as you know a higher uh highbrow or whatever and 
it's it's really the same experience it's just somebody wrote a thing and they're gonna mm-hmm. do it through music and you're gonna watch it and you're probably gonna be drinking that's the same, <laughs> the same. maybe and you're dressed in furs and maybe you're not you. <laughs> and sometimes you'll like it and sometimes you'll be like fucking wanting to stare at your phone a lot like it's yeah i don't know but it's if you spent sixty dollars for your ticket you're gonna be a lot more invested in liking it yeah oh and everyone around you is like afraid to cough yeah and afraid i remember going I mean, to there, symphony there and are... just being afraid to like cough <laughs> yeah. and then being and then feeling real and then like i went to like a symphony when when i was in high school i went to a a handful of them um so mtt and all that stuff and uh i remember there was one that was like three hours long and like an hour in i had to pee so fucking bad <laughs> and i was so embarrassed i was like i can't just walk out like it was so serious i think it yeah. was brahms requiem or some shit it was oh, something yeah, really that's, long that's a, that's a tough one <laughs> it was really long and really intense and i was just sitting there i was like 18 years old and i was like i have to pee so fucking bad but i can't get up because all these people will be so disappointed in me <laughs> like it's like that's the vibe you know you're I just like oh god i think i did eventually i was like fuck it like i was like fuck it i'm doing it like you just have to like have that moment where you're like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it and it was fine but yeah it's it's a different it's a different world um i don't know i'd like to see and i'm i'm assuming that like the symphony just like museums like the oakland museum and the moma and all those are trying to like bring in a little more of their community and like, I don't know. Like the free Saturdays it, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, just make it a little that's, more. That's great. Exactly. Just make it a little more like, hey, like there's this amazing thing going on in your city. Like let's mm-hmm. let's make sure people know about it. Yeah, there's a great organization. I haven't checked in on them recently just because I've been really busy. Um, I haven't had a chance to go, but it was called Opera on Tap. Yeah. So like, it's like opera singers doing arias in bars. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And it's Yay. like the same cover as like going to a show. And dude, I, as a, as a, just a, just as a regular (laughs) singer, um, opera singers just, I am just floored. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're so fucking fun to watch. Like they're just, Mm -hmm. their control is just insane. It's, it's like they're being possessed. Like the, their voice doesn't sound like it's coming from a human body. It's just, it just amazes me. So to be able to see that a a dive bar would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the vibe. Yeah. Like I went to a couple of them like a few years back and then it, it fell off my radar because I was like finishing my dissertation and stuff like that. But um, your yeah, novel, we should, we should your 160 check, page yeah. novel. We should check out if they're still going on. I I, I think it's still going on. Ah, um, I like that. It's just like it's and like there's like a certain amount of like education. Like they'll like talk about what the aria is about before they sing it. So like you have the context for like all the stuff that's happening and. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of really powerful singers just doing well, and their a, thing, in a but small in a totally space different be, venue. Yeah, it would be so cool I because mean, I've seen them at, you know, the Davies Symphony Hall where it's mm-hmm. like you're way in the nosebleeds and like yeah. they have this giant you're reading voice the Jumbotron little with the translation. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this is, this is fine, but in a cramped little <laughs> And you're watching them bar, on the Jumbotron because they're like itty bitty all the way like down way there. They're like way down and there. Like, and well, I could just like rent the DVD. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, not being there. It's different to see it in person. You should go to the opera. You but. should, but yeah, I've had the same experience and I'm just like, okay, but I can't imagine that same voice like 10 feet away from me at, you yeah. know, yeah. a tiny dive bar, uh-huh. which is one of my it's favorite really venues. Fun. Yeah. I love, I love a good dive bar. And it's sort of like, it's a way to sort of connect with like everybody who goes into that doesn't, 
I mean, most most people who go into it aren't getting into it because they're like, oh, yes, this is this is for the edification oh, God. Of, of my audience. I'm the great expert, <laughs> to oh, quote the, the great Anna Russell. Um, <laughs> but like, they're, they're in it because they love it. Yeah. And like that's something where like with all of the trappings of the the hall and the costumes and everything like yeah. it's an experience but like maybe sometimes like for someone who wants to connect on that more like sitting together in a bar kind of vibe yeah. like it, it gets kind of lost in translation so it's like an opportunity to just hear it in a different way and like well it, yeah it's it's I don't know. There's something intimidating about going to the opera. It's like, am mm-hmm. I going to understand what's going on? Yeah. You know, that's like, it's <laughs> is someone going to have to explain event. to me what's happening? Like <laughs> that's like, I, and since the opera has been the opera, it's not yeah. just about what's on stage. Yeah. It's about the whole experience of seeing and being seen, yeah. which is, oh, which yeah. is also strange in San Francisco. Cause like, you'll see people there in like North face jackets, but Aww. like, I mean, it's always been the yeah. event where like you also get dressed up because like, this is your, it's like a gala. Yeah. Like your opportunity to, to also like participate in this upper crust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the 17th of, century, it was like, cool. the opera I mean, houses were like sites of insurrection. Cause you'd like get in your opera box with like, it would be okay to be there with like whoever else was in the box. Yeah. But like, they were like 17th century atheists, like, <laughs> like conspiring <laughs> against like the authoritarian Catholic government or something like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like weird stuff went down at the opera house. Well, where else is like, it going to go down? Well, exactly. It's the public, it's a public meeting, meeting place. place. There's um, not, there's no, obviously like people would no bring internet. picnics in. Like I want to bring picnics back. Yeah. Let's bring picnics bring back picnics because they're, their beverages like, imagine are just like taking a picnic basket into <laughs> Davies hall and just like unpacking Instead it and of like shooting the shit. Instead of a $20 cup of wine. Because that's what happened. If we're going to be completely historically accurate, that's what happened. That's so cool. Be like, let's bring it back guys to its roots. The roots of this. And then you have like subversive political meetings and like darkened corners of the the space. Like, let's do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. There's, um, (laughs) there's some, there's some paintings I'm picturing. I think like, (sighs) I want to say like Renoir, but like, in like impressionism era where it's like pe- it's paintings of the audience at the mm-hmm. opera. Yeah. And there's a couple creepy, like voyeuristic, like, you know, some dude staring at a woman and she's just looking away. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't notice kind of shit. Um, but yeah, there's the audiences and, and the outfits and like the whole pageantry mm-hmm. of it is a huge part yeah. of it. And it's, it's yeah, again, there's no, there's no presence of, on, outside of that world as far as like the internet mm-hmm. or that kind of thing yeah. so that's that's where to see and be seen yeah yeah now now it's like oh i could just watch it on tv i already have a yeah. presence in the world i don't have to go show people it's fine but if it has like a cultural function yeah like, and it and it should and it should yeah and it, and it shouldn't just be the edification of the upper crust no it shouldn't and it it still kind of is and it's it's strange that we it's hard to break out of that yeah. um but yeah, opera singers at least and dive it, bars, I'm in, dude. Yeah. I'm in. I'm super down. If it's going to survive, I think we, we need that sort of... Well, our um, generation cares about about inclusion, and we care about, you know, seeing seeing things a little shaken up, and yeah. and seeing a lot of, and I don't know, seeing new things come in, and, and eventually, you know, these old traditions will get changed just a little bit, as yeah. much as people don't like change, it's going to happen, because it has to be palatable mm-hmm. for, like, the newer generations and audiences yeah. that are going to care about what they have to say, because we can't always relate to, you know, some dead white guy from the 
1500s or whatever. Yeah. I I, I promise I'm not going to get too political with this, but it is like, we are in like really interesting trying times. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, we're entering like, like a a phase of like fairly significant uncertainty about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so like, literally today, literally today, (laughs) today. whenever this actually goes on the air, I'm sure it will still be true. There's always, yeah, there's always like, it's always like, well, you know, who For those knows, of you listening at home, like type yeah. in your comments with what's going on today, yeah. because I'm sure it's happening. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, and when it, not, but, not even when you release this, but like you could be listening to this in six months. It's like you, yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about those things, but I mean, I feel like in the last couple of years we've been we've yeah. been in trying times yeah, and transition, yeah. and it's and like, it's part of it's like the trauma of the things that could go away. Yeah. And like people are like in like various stages of like grief and mourning about that yeah. because, because I mean, like there are species going extinct. Um, oh, you know, there are places in the world that in 10 years, like you won't be able to live there anymore because yeah. they'll be underwater. And like, yeah. like this is happening now and like people are coping with it however they can. Yeah. But like the, the other, the other side of like all that trauma and loss is also like coming to terms with what we're actually losing yeah. and like thinking about what's going to be left. And like, they're not the, not this like the silver lining of the rain cloud or anything like that. But I think a lot of people are rethinking, the things that are important to keep in their lives and the things yeah. that are actually important to fight for. Yeah. And like some of the old status quo stuff kind of pales in comparison to like the things that like people have decided really matter. Yeah. So like maybe the music matters, the institution, maybe less so. Yeah. Or like the community matters, but like the way that that's formed doesn't have to be the way that it was a hundred years ago. Yeah. And you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that, continues yeah yeah I it's it's cool to think about like you know I feel like in in our generation we get a lot of shit for being into technology and being on our phones and being and a lot of people are saying that we're sort of out of touch with reality because we're in this internet sort of realm a lot of the time but we're also finding ways not only to on that side of things connect with people even more Mm -hmm. um in a a lot of great ways and and get um uh for even just YouTube, just like being able to record your music and put it on YouTube and now it's out there when 30 years ago you just have to play it in a bar and hope someone hears it. You can't yeah. get your music to the masses in a way that you can now without a record label. So there, there's all these different ways that we're able to sort of navigate, like connect more. And then, but at the same time, I feel like our generation is also being self-critical and going, hey, we, we also are noticing that because we do spend a lot of times on these sort of like internet in the air you know realms like instagram and stuff like that we also i think we are starting to value more stuff like community like last night Mm -hmm. and and it's like hey let's bring each other together because we can't lose sight of this too so we care about it like i don't know i'm a big fan of our generation (laughs) (laughs) i'm a big fan because i think we're i think we're navigating both in a really cool way Mm -hmm. and and it's i don't know it's cool to like you could look at all the conversations that are happening around it and be like, oh, my God, everything is terrible. Or yeah. you could look at the conversations happening about like these sort of like tensions and be like, yeah. oh, wow, everyone's actually being pretty thoughtful. And beautiful about, things are happening. About what yeah. the stakes are and like they're actually taking action and doing things. Yeah. So, you know, probably the, the truth's probably somewhere in between those two poles. But totally. like like there's there's hope there. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, 
We're we're a thoughtful bunch. I yeah. like it. And, and and every time I get out into out into the world, um, and away from the internet, and and really like interact with people of that are like creating, I'm always really so excited to see that. Oh my god, like people are still just sitting in because there's a very we talk about it but there's a very like unglamorous side to being a musician where it's like okay what everyone else sees is just you having a moment on stage and this is great but 90 percent of it is you sitting in your bedroom writing shitty stuff and then throwing that away and then writing good stuff yeah. and, throwing that away, and then like just practicing the same shit mm-hmm. over and over again on your guitar and like spending time in the studio <laughs> and then realizing you can't use the thing you just spent a lot of money to record and having to do it over yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of just really unsexy stuff yeah and like so and i and i i experienced that and i i you know work with that in my own creativity and then i go out and i see people that are clearly you know working in their little private space is really fucking hard and killing it and then they get on stage and they make this beautiful stuff and i'm like okay people still care people aren't just you know and and yeah we're making we're making good stuff so i think we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon but um i think so before we do uh we always end with like talking about radio keys news but you have like this brand new project so do you want to talk about like what's on the horizon for that? Yeah. Um, you just had your first we gig. We just had our, got our more. first. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's our, I mean, it's, it's like the fourth gig with the tunes, but it's the first gig with the, the new lineup. Um, we had a little personal shakeup and then, you know, I think, I think yeah, and you, I, it feels, it feels more on than the right like I found lineup. my people, which um, people. is, is really nice. Um, so we had our first show last night. We have another one on the books for December 8th at the Uptown. Um, the lineup, we're still sending emails around. It's going to be a Sub Rosa Sound show. Awesome. Um, and we're still waiting to confirm the lineup. Um, and I'm sure there will be something else between then and now that we're also putting together, yeah. but I can't, I can't quite say yet. The Uptown's a, the Uptown's a fun one. It's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I, every time I've played there, I've played with um, some local like recently we played there with a band that we kind of brought over from the East East Bay. I'm going to keep calling it the East East Bay. Someone's <laughs> going to hate me um, for that. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? It's just the East Bay. But I just mean like we have kind of Berkeley, Oakland is East Bay, obviously, but then you can keep going further yeah. east, I think, of Concord. Um, I think and they're different, slightly they're different, different scenes too. They're, 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 totally they're, there are people scenes, on, yeah. on each side of the hills that are more likely to go to shows on one side of the hill right. than on the other side of the hill. Yeah, and, and like our Concord music friends... I think there's a great music scene in Concord. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it. Like, I think, I think we've proven that with like, you know, some of the guests we've had already that are all really Concord based musicians and making amazing stuff. And then they obviously play shows in Oakland. We're still trying to drag some of our Oakland friends out to play shows in Concord. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all happening. But like the last show we played at the Uptown was fun. Cause we got to play with one of our Concord bands. And then we played with sort of, we booked them and it was sort of like a mystery band from Oakland. We just knew that like they were kind of like a nineties vibe and um, it was Deer County and they turned out to be like amazing. And then mm-hmm. we just made, you know, we just, that's what shows do. It's yeah. like you meet, you meet another band and you make another connection and then your, mm-hmm. your, your community grows just a little, little bit every time. Yeah. Cause you're all in the, you're all in the same boat. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all played with those bands that it's like, they're kind of assholes and they don't want your set and they show up late and they don't talk to you. But 90% of the time, you know, I feel like, you know, when you play a show with a band, it's like you're, or like war buddies and you yeah. kind of like bond. And, and you remember, you remember who's who. You remember who's you remember who's in the everyone fucking has, band. Everyone has a long memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
did. So play nice at shows, everybody. Play nice. Yes. Play, play nice. nice. Yeah. Be nice. Don't ask the one girl in the band 10 times if she's in the band or yeah, whose girlfriend she do is. That. Don't do that. Especially, we commiserated earlier. Especially, especially if she's fronting the band, but just don't do it. Oh, just don't do it. Just play it safe, man. Just play it safe. Um, but yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I, I just, it's so, I don't know. It feels it feels really good to keep growing this community and and being yeah. back in Tom and I just moved back here two months ago and and Radio Keys is obviously in the last like maybe year time just really started hitting the ground running and you playing guys a lot have of been shows. Taken off. Yeah, and now we've got the album coming up, but like it's it's just really it just I whenever I feel overwhelmed or like what are we doing or that kind of existential again kind of dread or whatever um, or I feel like my job is too important not that I ever will quit music I'm not saying that but like I'll have these moments where I get overwhelmed a little bit with doing so much and then we'll play a show and I'm just like oh yeah this is what it's all about you know or like recently we had some moments where we played our recordings back and it was like oh yeah this is what it's all about you have those kind of Mm -hmm. magic moments where you're like this is why we are putting so much and it's a lot of it's a lot of labor you know, just emailing fucking venues, just all yeah. the little labors that go into the, and like, like that, getting that's the thing to happen. That's not an insignificant thing. Like if you're the kind of person that like sort of like just gets frozen about cold calling and cold emailing places. Oh, like, totally. That's an afternoon out of your life where you have to decompress. Well, and a lot of people are just never going to email you back. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. email yeah. Like 10 venues and you'll hear back from one. And then you have to decide whether you're going to follow up. And then they're like, we don't want to pay you and all, and they'll give yeah. you all this weird shit. And it's just like, okay, how much do we want to sell our soul to get on this oh. stage? And there's always, every venue is different. And like, then there are like the weird deals where like you have to get like 50 people to come oh, before they'll like that, pay out dude. anything. And they're like, we We've been asked by venues. They're like, well, if you bring at least 150 people and we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like a local weekend show. Like, just just turn down. Like, this isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. it's funny to, to work with these. And yeah, you have. I don't know. I like having the war stories like the, you know the bad gigs and the good gigs. Yeah. Like it's just, it's good to, it's good to have those experiences. Yeah. I mean, you're always really pissed about the bad gigs while oh, they're happening, for but they're the sure. best stories. They're the best stories, dude. We had one recently that I won't get too into, but like <laughs> we, we all had a moment in the parking lot where we looked at each other and we were just like, should we leave? Like, we're just like, is this fucking worth? Like, and then we ended up playing it and it ended up being really fun. But like, there's, yeah. And it's, and it's still a good story. It's still a fun story that I, yeah. that I like to tell. And it's like, yeah, you, you have to go through the a little bit of that as well. And yeah. then you have some really beautiful yeah. gigs as well. I won't go into the details either, but with another band I, I play in, um, the, the, we loaded in through a trivia night. Whoa. <laughs> like the load in was like super early. Trivia nights are serious They're too. Serious. Like everyone's quiet and weird. Serious. serious. Yeah. Uh, we were given like the stupid early load in time and we were like, well, that's like there's like sound checks not for like three hours after load in. I don't know why this is. Oh God. Do you think so? We were just, oh, we'll just get there like 30 minutes yeah. before sound check. It'll be fine. We don't have a complicated setup. It'll be fine. And then we get there and it's just like this wall of people. Holy shit. And you're like, excuse me. Excuse like, me yeah. Well, I, me, I was, I was nasty about it. Like, <laughs> you're just pushing your guitar bass into people's backs. Just like, Oh, sorry. Yeah, then, is that your back? I don't know. If, if anyone's <laughs> listening that I did that to, I'm sorry. Dude, it's I fine. It like I've, wa- I've walked up to, the venues like carrying two guitars or like part of a lante store like just a bunch of shit I try to grab as much as I can we all do you know we're all helping each other out and I've walked up to the door and like had the, somebody just standing there and I'm like 
I'm sorry, could you get the door? Like, I don't mean to be like, or just like, I don't know, or like you're just right behind people and they're not moving. And it's like, I know you you feel yeah. like as a musician, like you feel like you're inconveniencing people sometimes when you're like setting your shit up. And it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm like here to work. Like, let me just, let me yeah. just, you know. And it's always, do it's, it. it's tricky too, because like sometimes, like everyone's feeling good after like, the show and they're like talking to each other and yeah. you're trying to load out and like you don't want to be that person who's rude but you're also holding like 100 well, pounds also, worth of stuff and you're like i need to go like, like i can't know, get out of the way you. get out of the way well that and you also don't want to be the assholes that like leave your gear on stage for an hour like yeah. you know like it's yeah. just like like i'm like i just like kind of kind of grab everything and like go like i feel yeah. like so i'm very sensitive about like inconveniencing the next band or the band before me so i'm just like trying to be polite i don't know yeah and there are like people coming up to talk to you and it's like meet me at the merch table in 10 minutes yeah can i put this shit down this shit's really heavy like come on yeah but yeah, so what's what's the future looking like for it's M Jones M Jones and the and Melee. The melee. Um, you can find us at um, margaretjonesmusic.com and that has links to all of our socials. Um, so we're on means. Instagram and Facebook and one day I'll post to Twitter. We have a Twitter. We apparently I have never, a Twitter too. I never I don't, use the Twitter. I don't use it. Yeah. I'm I know it's very Twitter. relevant, but it's also it's not a circus. I'm yeah. bad at it. It's good. To, I think One it's day. good to have One a day. presence. Yeah. I mean, th- this is like the month where I'm just going to get my social media business together. So it's maybe it's really a good time important. to start paying attention. It's a really <laughs> important. Yeah. It's, social media is important. Like we've played with bands that don't have Instagrams and we're like, how are you? <sighs> not to sound like yeah. total like, you know, I like mean, new age snobs or whatever, but it's just like you need to get Instagram like you, I yeah. don't know like I mean there are bands that make it work without know, but like they have it's really cool someone, to be old-fashioned someone like that, in the I band guess. has to be like dedicated to the whisper network yeah or like I guess you're putting up flyers on you know telephone yeah poles I mean I, I did that the other day for our gig on Sunday it's still happening dude we're still yeah, it's, yeah we're still doing it yeah. <laughs> that's still I mean, a part kinda, of it it was kind of fun because I had my staple gun it felt really like real oh yeah dude. <laughs> just like going around on my bike with my staple gun it was very Oakland yeah it is <laughs> oh that's very cool and yeah people can pull those down after the show yeah or just I just put them up over like the thing that happened yesterday yeah, exactly. You're like, this already fucking happened. It's already like 10 layers deep. It's just <laughs> Dude, one if, day, like the, the pole will just be like 10 feet wide with posters. I, I went to the Berkeley campus because I work, I work for a section of Berkeley and I was on campus yesterday for the first time in years. And I was walking around Sproul and it has those big boards. It's like five in a row. There's mm-hmm. these giant, they look like giant oversized chalkboards, but they're for posting stuff. Yeah. And they're fucking covered they with stuff. They are covered. They're I, covered. I like people are still using those. Like, and like sometimes like some of the bigger promotional agencies don't play fair. Like they'll blanket the entire oh, it's thing over up. top yeah. of like a lot of other it's like douchey. student groups and things with their posters. So I just like, don't feel bad about putting my posters over their posters. Yeah. But, well, they have um, 30 in a row. They have 30 it's like, in a row. Okay, it's like, you. something like you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all good. That's cool. You're still doing that. That's yeah. good. That's inspiring. We, um, we've got some big shows coming up, album release shows. And I'm like, I wonder if we should like p- pound the pavement a little, you know, yeah. old fashioned, like get some, get some handbills. Like it's, it's a combo nowadays. Yeah. Like, like you really, you have to do the social media too. I think yeah. you just have, you to. have to, but I think, I mean, my, my limited experience with this is also the, like the personal invitations do like they have do. the highest return. They of, do. 
Well, you texted me on yeah. Monday and you were like, hey, I'm playing a backyard yeah. show tomorrow. Yeah. And I was like, I'll be there. Like, if I saw it on Instagram, I would be like, maybe I'll go. You know, it's like, yeah. it's a little more go, personal. And then I'm like, oh, I have excuses not to. But it's like that personal outreach. Yeah. We used to do that. We used to text everyone about our shows. That was like 10 years ago. And like, there's definitely a limit to that. Like, you can't. You can't text everybody. But no, that's kind you of the can't point. do that all the but time. That's, but that's kind of the point, too. Like, yeah. you can't text everybody. So if you get a text from somebody about a show, then it's like, we had to, I won't. They really want you to be there, which feels yeah, nice. <laughs> I won't get too into it, but we had a conversation at work recently with some um, people that have been there a long time. And they were like, we need to post about this thing on social media every single day. And we were like, the younger people were like, people will unfollow you if you do that. Like yeah. there, there is a spammed. Yeah. It'll feel like spam. Like the, it's like, you have to find that balance yeah. where people still want to see your content, but they're not just like, oh man, Radio Keys is posting like fucking three things a day. Like this is really annoying. Like yeah. you can't, you know, you, yeah, you got to find yeah. that sweet spot. Well, it's, like, it's a sweet spot. Cause like the algorithm won't send everything to everybody too. So it's, oh, like, it's the super sweet spot weird. of yeah. like, like maybe you can get away with posting one thing a day or like one thing every other day. But like, if you don't post enough, then like there are people who will never see anything about the show. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. we're still figuring it out. Yeah. We're new. I mean, it's, it's all, it's I all, mean, we're, we're sounding it out. We're sounding it over out. at our end. Like. Yeah. We're seeing what works. We're seeing what doesn't work. Like we're seeing what other people are doing. So far and- it's, it's <laughs> still like mostly people I talk to on a daily basis coming to the thing. So Yeah. But you've got, yeah, so you've got Uptown lined up. Yeah. Hopefully we'll book a Radio Keys yeah. gig with M. Jones. We've That'd got... be really fun. Definitely got some some venues lined up, I think, that we're trying to book. Cool. So it'll be good. Again, I, I always like playing with you because it's like merging those little Concord Oakland worlds yeah. together. We've got to do more of it. Yeah. Right on. Um, so do you want to end with uh, with one of your recordings? I think we have a sure. surprise for everybody yeah. and we'll give you a little... Yeah little taste of uh m jones so so yeah tell us yeah. about tell so us about the song. i mean we're we're settling in with the new lineup and my hope is to get into the studio sooner rather than later um but we have a live recording from a show we did um a few about a month back um it's a song i wrote called the party i love this song <laughs> it's it's my lady rage <laughs> song oh yeah dude. um <laughs> and it, it's semi-autobiographical so i can't i can't give all the details because there are living people involved. Oh yeah, as, um, as with, as but, with, and it's why songwriting's fun because yeah. you get to make it a little metaphorical, yeah. and then you can guess about who it is, and I'll never tell. Nah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> On your, it'll be a deathbed confession. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my <laughs> those are juicy. Know who it is, so I guess they could spill the beans, but hopefully they won't. No one will ever believe you anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just the lasting threat. I like that. It's haunting. It's good. Ooh. Uh, but it was uh, just a really icky party conversation I had one time where, like, a much older man was behaving inappropriately. And I just was angry enough that I, you know, wrote a song about it. But the, the weird thing was, like, he was very drunk, too. And he, yeah. he'd wandered off into the night, and I was driving home much later sober let's note that yeah. for the the sake of the driving <laughs> um, along you know one of those winding roads up in in montclair and near oh, here near where we're yeah. yeah and there there was someone in the road who looked very much like him and i don't know that it was him <laughs> but i had to jam on the brakes to not hit him was and he I like don't know why he was in the road <laughs> <laughs> well i'm assuming if he was so, wasted he just my like, I mean, prediction is he walked walking out. home. He was walking home, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... <laughs> so it's like a deer in that... 
during the headlight situation. Yeah, during the headlight yeah. situation, he kind of like looked at me, gave me a look, and then sort of like walked to the side of the road, and I kept going because you know, given the nature of the conversation beforehand, no way I was letting him in my car with me alone no. in the middle of the night. I'm sure but, he'll be um, just fine. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure well, he's okay. I'm, he's he's just fine. Yeah, I know for a fact he's just fine. But um, yeah, that's um, the inspiration for the song. Well, it's it's a great <laughs> example of like. And it was an opportunity to just like let it all out. Exactly. Like, he's, not, I, yeah. like, he's a the the character in the song is like a combination of many different moments where like I should have said something, but in the moment, well, but it's you it's kind of can't. It's and I and I'll say this is part of human experience, like, but it's a big part of female experience. Like, there's moments where you really want to say something and set a boundary, but because of the situation that you're in, because of who's involved, maybe you just have to shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've been in my Napa Valley days around some very distinguished, wealthy VIP clients of ours that were being inappropriate. And I felt like I couldn't say anything because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm being professional right now. And I can't be like, Hey man, get your fucking hand off my shoulder. Um, or a worse place, (laughs) which I, you know, and it's like, and it's like, so we, we've been, and so that gets bottled up a little bit and I've been in those situations and it was cool to hear you tell that story and then say, oh, and then I went and wrote a song about it and was like, <laughs> fuck you in the song. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's a, that's a great way to process those moments. Cause like, yeah, I, yeah. I just think that that's so cool. Like every show we do, like, I, like I play that song and at least one person comes up to me afterwards and they're like, thank you for writing that. <laughs> thank you for fucking getting that out. Cause it, it feels good. Like I could see yeah. like driving around listening to that and being like, fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like the song you put on after <laughs> after you have like one of these like moments where like someone is is being a jerk, but not enough of a jerk that like everyone will be on your side if you shut it down. Yeah, God forbid you make a scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> God forbid. So it's like the, the orders of magnitude. You didn't really. It wasn't that. Bad. Oh, you were overreacting. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I was like, no, it, but it was bad. It was bad, and I and, I was and, yeah, yeah, I felt a certain way. And you put it on and you go, oh. Yeah, that's how I feel. So do you want to introduce introduce your tune? Yeah, this is um, a song I wrote a couple months ago. It's called The Party. The Party by Margaret Jones, now M. Jones and the Melee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for, uh, I think we'll end on this song. So uh, thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for this, listening, this guys. This felt good. Thanks for listening. Check out M. Jones and the Melee on all the social meds. And uh, yeah, keep searching for that sweet soul music. Here is uh, The Party. Time, what's that got to do with you and I? So crawl your finger. 
off the trace of my spine You studied enough to grow your own Why the hell would you study mine? The kid is going hunting The kid is going hunting at the party Oh no Intoxicated by the moonlight Splattered on the ceiling Posturing peacock pedantry Pompous pedagogue And that whole lot of whiskey words Of the sick breath at my hind Have another drink and wander on